Hey, this is David Pakman inviting you to enjoy a classic episode of The David Pakman Show today. We will return with new shows before you know it. We start today with disastrous polling for President Joe Biden. The headline Trump leading Biden by almost 10 points in a hypothetical rematch in 2024 of the 2020 election. Indeed, ABC News poll has it 51 for uh, Trump, 42 for Biden, a nine point lead in a hypothetical head to head matchup. It is now time to panic for like a second, and then we're going to interject some sanity here. It is absolutely true that this poll doesn't look good for Joe Biden. And if it were time to panic and if panicking were useful, I would just do a full show saying here are a 100 different ways we can panic. Let's start punching ourselves in the face and throwing our phones out of windows. But we don't have to do that. Fortunately, hold on to your phone. Don't punch yourself in the face. Don't flip your car over in an incredible act of frustration and strength, because there are some serious problems with this poll. This poll is an outlier. It is early and so many other elements of this to discuss. So let's now talk a little more seriously about this poll. The poll is 51 for Trump and 42 for Biden. That's 93 total. That means that there is still a full 7% of the electorate missing from this poll, either because as of today, they don't know who would they support, who they would support. They're not planning on voting or they're supporting a third party candidate uh, and may change their minds between now and November of 2024. Not a single primary vote has yet been cast. So are these numbers good for Biden? No. Are these numbers devastating in that they represent the full informed final decisions of the eventual November 2024 electorate. No, they are not. But this is maybe the most important part of this entire thing. This poll seems completely implausible. It's an outlier. Yes. And we'll look at that in a moment. But applying just any simple common sense to this poll shows us Something seems wrong with this poll. Now, I know that people are going to come after me from the right and say, David, you don't like the poll, so you think that it's wrong. I really don't care about the poll one way or the other. I believe that the poll is one data point 14 months before an election. So this poll could have it 100 to zero. And I would say sounds implausible. I don't know how much stock I'd put into it. I'd look at an average and remember that it's very early. But let me give you some examples. This poll has Trump winning with young voters by nearly 20 points. It has Biden winning with minority voters by only nine points. These are completely implausible polling numbers unless you believe that the entire fabric of the American electorate has had dramatic changes in the last two years, which I struggle to believe right now. Now, could it be that indeed young voters are flocking to the Republican Party, that minority voters are flocking to the Republican Party? Sure, it could be, but it's completely incongruous with everything else we know about the American voting public. 
I would bet and I am not a betting person. I would bet that Trump is not really leading young people by close to 20 points. It would be a bet of mine. It's extremely it, th there's another aspect of this that we need to remember. It's not even really that plausible that Biden will lose the popular vote. What I mean by that is Republicans in recent American history tend to become president by losing the popular vote and winning the Electoral College. Sometimes they lose the popular vote by a little. Sometimes they lose the popular vote by a lot. And so it still seems to me that even if Donald Trump were to win the Electoral College in November of 2024, he would probably lose the popular vote. So when I see Trump leads Biden by nine, almost 10 points, and I see no other poll saying that to me, it seems like it's probably not a great poll. We don't ignore it. We just include it by averaging into other polling that we have. Just some other examples here. There is an ABC. So you have here the poll we're talking about, ABC News, Washington Post, which has Trump plus 10 among registered voters and Trump plus nine among all adults. But then we look at some other polls. We've got a WPA intelligence poll basically just as new, and it has Biden leading Trump by two. We then have uh, an Emerson College general election poll, which has Trump leading by one. Um, that, that's a much tighter race. You then have uh, the YouGov polling, which has it actually tied, which we talked about last week. So I'm not saying ignore the poll. I'm saying pass it through a common sense check, a gut check, a sanity check. The idea that Trump is surging with young voters and minorities seems a little difficult to believe and then simply average it into the other polls. And you very quickly see that this is indeed an outlier. Let's now now that we've done a serious sort of think through of the poll, let's go to the next step, which is could Trump be winning for real? The answer is yes. Do we all, regardless of what state we live in, need to make damn sure that if uh, advanced registration is required in your state, that you're registered, that you know where you have to vote in 14 months? Of course, all of those things. Not a single one of us should stay home because we think it's unlikely that Donald Trump will win. We know what happens when voters do that. And we're going to be doing the full get out the vote routine that we did in 2020. Obviously, when I say the poll seems like an outlier, it doesn't mean you can stay home. It means the poll is an outlier as of today. And we know any damn thing can happen over the next 14 months. So that's the ABC poll. If you want to tell yourself that's the only poll we can trust and believe that Trump is really up 10 and you're thrilled about that, well, maybe you'll stay home in November of 2024 since you're so confident that Donald Trump is going to crush Joe Biden. Remember, it's an electoral college election. The popular vote is a is an indicator of how that might go. But we have an electoral college election, and that's the way we're going to be looking at the race. Once we get beyond the primaries, we are nowhere there near there yet. We don't have a single primary vote. All right. So I'll tell you when it's time to panic. I even remember those of you who were with me on the live stream on election night in November of 2020. People kept asking me in the chat, is it now time to panic? And I kept insisting it. I'll let you know when it's time to panic. And even at the end of the night, I said it is not yet time to panic. Let's see what things look like in the morning. And panicking would not have made sense. 
vote rather than panic. That's the important thing. Democratic Senator Bob Menendez and his wife have been indicted on brutal bribery charges. I did everything right and they indicted me. Not quite. Not quite. Let's look at the facts and then I will give you my reaction. Oh, David, I'm sure that you're not going to cover Menendez getting indicted because he's a Democrat and you were going to hide it from your audience. When have I ever done stuff like that? All right. Stay tuned. Wait two or three minutes and I will give you my view of this. CNN reports Senator Bob Menendez and wife indicted on bribery charges. DOJ seizes gold bars and five hundred thousand dollars in cash. This is a bonkers story. New Jersey's Democratic Senator Bob Menendez was charged Friday with corruption related offenses for the second time in 10 years. Menendez and his wife Nadine are accused of accepting, quote, hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for the senator's influence, according to the unsealed federal indictment. Prosecutors allege the bribes included gold, cash, home mortgage payments, compensation for a low or no show job and a luxury vehicle. This is the second set of corruption charges against Menendez from the Justice Department in a decade. He previously fought off conspiracy, bribery and honest services fraud related to alleged personal favors. He is up for reelection next year and has been in the Senate since 2006. Menendez put out a statement slamming the indictment. His defense is, quote, for years, forces behind the scenes have repeatedly attempted to silence my voice and dig my political grave. Since this investigation was leaked nearly a year ago, there has been an active smear campaign and of, of anonymous sources and innuendos to create an air of impropriety where none exists. The excesses of these prosecutors is apparent. They've misrepresented the normal work of a congressional office. On top of that, not content with making false claims against me, they've attacked my wife for longstanding friendships she had before she and I ever met. He has set up a legal defense fund. Uh, also, his wife sold a bunch of gold bars, which is fascinating, fascinating stuff. So listen, uh, there there are three alleged crimes being on the receiving end of a bribery conspiracy, um, coordinating to use Menendez's power to benefit different individuals. This is very serious and much like with the Trump indictments, they are very thick and needy indictments. Now, first and foremost, surely Democrats are going to come to Bob Menendez's defense saying this is a witch hunt and maybe even attacking prosecutors, maybe even saying the prosecutor should be executed for treason, just like Republicans are doing for Trump, right? Wrong, wrong. That is not happening. And in fact, a whole bunch of Democrats are already calling for his resignation. Top New Jersey Democrats call on Bob Menendez to resign, say top uh, top Jersey Democrats, according to Politico. That includes the governor of Jersey, Phil Murphy and other Democratic leaders. Meanwhile, a report from The Messenger, John Fetterman becomes the first senator to call for the Menendez resignation. OK, this is different than what Republicans do. Just a reminder when Anthony Weiner was wrapped up in all sorts of problems, Democrats were almost too quick to say he should get out. He should just get out. So we are seeing a very different reaction than we saw from uh, Republicans around Trump's indictments. Secondly, uh, surely we are all going to quickly start donating to his legal defense fund, right? Because it's also unfair. Doesn't seem to be happening. Yes, he set up a legal defense fund. It does not seem like the equivalent of the MAGA cultists on the right 
are rushing to send this guy money for a legal defense that, quite frankly, seems doomed. There is evidence like with Trump. He therefore should have been indicted like with Trump. He now gets his day in court like with Trump. You shouldn't go after the prosecutor. You shouldn't start making all sorts of pejoratives in public about those who are prosecuting you or anything. This seems really bad. And I don't care which party you're a member of. You can't do this stuff and get away with it. Um, some insane details. When authorities searched Menendez's home, they found half a million dollars in cash. Not a normal amount of money to have at your house under almost any circumstances. A bunch of it was in closets. Some of it was stuffed in the pockets of clothing. This is nutty, incriminating stuff. Circumstantial, of course, but this is not a court of law. This is a court of common sense. And I don't know of many reasons to have closets full of clothing where you stuff cash in the pockets. It's a really strange thing to do. Investigators also discovered furniture. Uh, a Mercedes convertible parked in the garage and more than one hundred thousand dollars worth of gold bars that were allegedly given to Menendez and his wife. We also know his wife sold a bunch of gold. They also have incriminating search results the day after getting a ride home from the airport from uh, uh, in October of twenty twenty one. Menendez went on his computer and searched how much is a kilo of gold worth again? Kilos of gold. Usually you would know that before you obtain the gold. If it's like an up and up investment uh, here, apparently Menendez had already been given a bunch of gold and uh, didn't clear his browser history, which certainly did not help his cause. Just like I say about everyone against whom there is serious and compelling evidence of criminality, I have no interest in excusing any crimes. I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Now, as as always is the case, allegations and indictments are not evidence, strictly speaking. So I had my opinion about the allegations against Russell Brand. When YouTube took away his monetization, I asked on the bonus show, does it make sense to do that based only on an allegation, which is not evidence? And similarly, does it make sense for Menendez to resign due to the mere allegations? I don't know the answer to that. Does it make sense for uh, uh, George Santos to resign just because of the allegations? I think Santos should resign because he's been caught lying about so many things. It's an ethical issue. But should there be resignations? just for allegations when you are, of course, presumed innocent until proven guilty. That's the only area where I have a question, and I will leave that for those in the audience to answer. Leave a comment and we will follow up. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes 
in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pakman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. Remember that the David Pakman show is funded primarily by you through the membership program. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. Unlike these right wing media conglomerates, we don't have millionaire and billionaire donors who just shovel cash at us and say, do whatever you want. We're primarily supported by the individual small dollar memberships of folks like you. You can use the coupon code four years for indictments to save big at joinpacman.com. And remember, prices will be going up for the first time in a decade. We did everything right and kept the prices the same. Prices will be going up for the first time in a decade when the new website launches in a month, month or two. So great opportunity to lock in a lower rate and get access to the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Help us upset Alex Jones by making money on the bonus show. We'll leave it at that. Republicans are in disarray. And this is one of my favorite videos of the last few months. Radical and repugnant reactionary Republican Congressman Matt Gates went on Maria Bartiromo's show. Maria Bartiromo is one of the most explosively pro Trump uh, suck ups on Fox News. And she went into a monologue rant about how um, Republicans are doing all this different stuff or whatever. Gates didn't like it. This is they are eating themselves. This is just the the best. Matt Gates attacks Maria Bartiromo for her monologue. Watch Maria Bartiromo's face during this insanity. You love to see it like watching little kids argue. Republican Congressman Matt Gates. Uh, Congressman, thank you very much for being here this morning. Oh, thank you. I, I'm glad I get to respond to your monologue, because if you're saying that I'm standing in the way of all the Republican wins, <laughs> I'd love you to enumerate them. Watching my friend and mentor, Jim Jordan, it was it was quite painful because he started. By the way, if your friend and mentor is Jim Jordan, that's a scary thing. By saying we should only pick one fight, the border. But then as the interview went on, he said, well, we should pick a second fight, Jack Smith. And by the time the interview rounded out, he was saying that we shouldn't be funding Ukraine without a plan. And yet the very continuing resolution that you and Jim Jordan seem to be for continues to have $300 million more for Ukraine. So I think we ought to fight on all fronts. I think the border is very important. And the best way for us to advance the Republican border policies is to pass the Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Bill, do that along with veterans, defense, ag, state and foreign ops. We'll have 73% of the discretionary uh, <laughs> budget funded. And if, you know, the Department of Labor and Education have to shut down for a few days as we get their appropriations in line, uh, that's certainly not something that is, is uh, optimal, but I think it's better than continuing on the current path we are to America's financial ruin. Congressman, I understand. And that is why you are on this program this morning, because I want to give you a fair shot 
and right. I want to get your, you uh, heard. So tell me why you are threatening Speaker McCarthy and trying to shut down this government uh, at a time that the Republicans have finally gotten some upper hands here uh, in terms of wins, able to investigate President Biden on what looks like uh, bribery. Yeah, we don't put our pencils down in the investigation of President Biden during a shutdown, so the premise is false. Second, if Kevin McCarthy was actually serious about pursuing the Bidens, he would have sent Hunter Biden a subpoena by now. That's how you know this is sort of failure theater that you're observing. During the first year of Democrat control of the He's not wrong, by the way, the, it, the entire failed farcical attempted investigation of Joe Biden is complete failure theater. He's correct. Congress, they brought in Donald Trump Jr. three times over nothing, over a nothing burger. And so we seem to be fundamentally unserious in our oversight. But what is serious True. is the fact that we are spending more than $7 trillion a year, bringing in around $5 trillion a year. And uh, it, I want to fund the government. I'm not this. This is absolutely delightful to see. He's saying some things that are actually true. Broken clocks are sometimes right. Um, this the Republican Party is behaving in a fundamentally unserious way. But the great thing about it is now the conflict that right wing media. You've already got conflict within factions of the Republican Party as they do nothing. And then now you've got right wing journalists. Actually, you can't even really call her a journalist. Right wing mouthpieces on TV who are jumping in and taking one side over the other. And you just love to see him fight. Here's a little bit more of this interview where Maria Bartiromo says you guys had all these wins and Gates goes. What wins have we had? We haven't had any wins. And single subject spending well, bills. It's the only way to break the fever and liberate ourselves from this out of control spending. Well, he's doing the four bills next week. So because we're, we're making him because we're making him doing it. So to push now to blow up all of the wins that you all have had now, which seems, wins? Please enumerate them. Well, OK, well, how about the fact that he has set up a weaponization committee to investigate the DOJ? Whether think think about how pathetic you are that the win that Maria comes up with is they set up a completely and overtly partisan and ridiculous weaponization committee that went nowhere. And every time they hold a hearing, they humiliate themselves. That's the win Maria is talking about. They're involved in a cover up. That's how about process. the fact that he is. Hold on. Wait how about the fact that he, hold on. How about the fact that he has set up the China Select Committee to keep <laughs> China to account? And of course, he has launched this uh, inquiry into impeachment potentially for President Biden. Is that not what you want? None of those things are deliverables. Those are he he's completely right. And they will deliver nothing because they will fail. Steps in a process that setting up a committee is an end unto itself only in Washington, D.C. The American people demand results. Hold on. I let you talk. Okay, Maria. go ahead. These, go ahead. Co these committees have done nothing to reduce inflation. They've done nothing to actually constrain the Biden government. We can right. Well, actually, Biden's the one who's done something to reduce inflation. He is 100 percent correct. Setting up these ridiculous committees, kangaroo committees, dog and pony shows. These are not ends unto themselves, but many Republicans want to pretend that they're listen. We the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. We set up a committee. We, we did it. We set up a committee and we had a hearing in this particular conflict. It just so happens Matt Gates is correct. He says the current Republican Party platform is not serious. He's correct. He also isn't serious, but OK, on this particular issue, he happens to be right. You know, he calls Jim Jordan a friend and mentor, tells you a lot about how serious he is. He continues to claim that the Biden administration is doing all sorts of communist Marxist things that, of course, it's, it's really not doing. But it shouldn't be lost on us 
that we have a right wing media person here saying Republicans in the House have had a ton of wins trying to sell that to her audience. An actual Republican from the House shows up and goes, no, we haven't. We haven't had any wins. We've set up committees. Those are not that's not actually doing anything. And this fight is going both ways. And I just love it. Here is Newt Gingrich. This is so funny. Newt Gingrich says to Sean Hannity, I think Matt Gates is deranged. The problem is you got to pass a rule to get it to the floor twice now. Different Republicans have decided to stop the bill from going to the floor. Why? Because each one has their own particular need or their own particular fixation. Now, there are one or two, uh, like Congressman Getz, who I think is, is frankly deranged. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, listen, Newt Gingrich is also right. Congressman Getz, I think he means Gates, is it seems deranged. Matt Gates is deranged. And he also was right that Maria Bartiromo was touting accomplishments that simply don't exist. This is what we want the Republican Party doing as they struggle to figure out, are we really going to get behind a four times indicted civilly liable rapist to represent us on the presidential ticket in 2024? We want them embroiled in this and accomplishing nothing. That all being said, they're probably going to shut down the government soon. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and we will discuss it. Vivek Ramaswamy was brutally exposed again. It turns out that Vivek Ramaswamy has the very birthright citizenship that he wants to end. And it's the latest example of Vivek saying, if it's good for me, it's fine, but we've got to end it for everybody else. This is so good. Here's an interview with Meet the Press from a few days ago where he is asked when and how did your parents come here? When and how did they get citizenship? When did you get it? Wait a second. You have the very birthright citizenship you want to take away from everybody else. This is unbelievable stuff. Take a look at this. Some folks have been asking questions yeah. and I just want to be super clear. Um, did your father also take the citizenship test and is your father a citizen? He did not. And that's a choice that he has made for familial reasons. OK, first question. When did your father take the citizenship test? Answer is never. So his father's not a citizen. Nothing illegal is going on. OK, but his father is not a citizen. Let's continue. But my mother did. And I think that every immigrant who comes to this country in order to become a full voting citizen has to do the same. And I believe in being consistent about my policies where. So your father is not a citizen of the United States. He's not. OK. Um, and your mother, when did your mom take the citizenship test? Was it before or after you were born? After I was born. OK, critical. At the time of his birth in the United States, his father wasn't a citizen and his mother wasn't a citizen. This means that he was granted American citizenship because he was born here. This is a type of citizenship that he wants to take away. Let's continue. After you were born. OK. After years of being in this, you know, following the legal process of, of becoming a naturalized citizen, she followed it through the legal process. And so you that, gained the, birth, you gained citizenship through birthright. Then, well, is it, that... it, but you gained citizenship through birthright citizenship in that sense, too. No, nah, not really. OK, like, like explore that. He says, well, to the interviewer he says you also gained it through birthright. No, if her parents were citizens at the time of her birth, she gained it through. She has two American citizen parents separate from also being born within the United States geographically. If she was, it's not the same. It actually is different. Right. I mean, it, it, every American. So what I want to do is revive a vision of citizenship 
where every kid who Wait, enjoys, I'm sorry, just, just, yeah. just a backtrack. So your father is not a citizen, your they mother- They came to this country legally. They were in this country legally. So my view is right. any kid who is born in this country of parents who are here legally, that's the scope of where birthright citizenship applies. Now understand that that also is easily defeated. He says, listen, my parents weren't citizens when they were here and I was born and I got citizenship merely because I was born here, but they were here legally. And as long as your parents are here legally, then you should get citizenship. Well, the thing about that is you can be here legally as a tourist. You can be here legally on a student visa and have a kid. You are not a citizen, but at that moment you are here legally. You don't have legal status to stay indefinitely if you're a tourist or on a student visa. You've got you have a kid. That kid is now a citizen. He opposes that even though here he says as long as the parents are here legally. So what does he really mean? What he means is as long as the parents are here legally, I guess with permanent residency. So now he's slicing and dicing what he actually means and wants. This is Vivek Ramaswamy. Whatever is convenient for me is fine, but now I'm going to take it away from other people. He, as we found out over the last two weeks, Vivek Ramaswamy opposes scholarships from the Soros family based on identity. He accepted such a scholarship himself and he defended it. Last week we played that clip. He wants to end the H-1B visa, which his company used 29 times in order to hire people from other countries instead of from the United States. He is a hypocrite and he has double standards on all of these things. And the bottom line is, if it's convenient for me, it's fine. If I can score political points with Republican voters by saying I'm against it, then I will take that position. His campaign deserves to implode. It hasn't yet. But it's getting there. If you value what we do at the David Pakman show, remember to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash David Pakman show where you can get access to behind the scenes videos, the daily bonus show, the commercial free daily show. You can support the show for as little as two dollars a month. Check it out at patreon.com slash David Pakman show. Very little Trump material on today's show, which is surprising given that usually the weekends provide plenty of time for completely deranged behavior by the failed former president. But there are a few things that he did say, a few public statements he made uh, that I want to go over because they are so deranged that in some cases ominously, ominously dangerous. First and foremost, a clearly terrified Donald Trump crumbled in a deranged all capital letters rant attacking mere automatic voter registration, which is a topic I care about a lot. Donald Trump posting to Truth Social Truth Central. in all capital letters, quote, the Democrats are trying to steal Pennsylvania again by doing the automatic voter registration scam. They never stop. Obama and his radical left thugs are pushing this and the Democrats, including the new liberal governor, governor are thrilled. If Republican leadership, including the disaster we have in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, together with Kevin McCarthy and the RNC, finally don't take action now, we have to throw everybody out and get people who can stop the scams, cheating and rigging and win. The Pennsylvania Republican Party must energize, get tough and stop this scam. Our country is at stake. First, before we delve into the substance of automatic voter registration or not even needing to register in the first place, very important issue. Trump will attack anyone. At this point, Trump is scared. He's he's desperate. 
And he's going after Republicans here as much as he is Democrats or even more, naming more Republicans than Democrats. He's completely unhinged, out of control. If he doesn't see you as proactively working to try to get him elected and save him from prison, he will not. I think a light just turned off somewhere. He <laughs> he will not uh, um, uh, hesitate to attack you. Now, all of that being said, think about how scared and deranged you have to be to argue that simply automatically registering people to vote is a scam. This is so insanely common. Countries often have either automatic voter registration or no registration requirement at all because they maintain a database of, of uh, uh, eligible voters. And that's it. If you want to vote, you just show up. Here's some examples in terms of automatic voter registration in Argentina, where I was born. All eligible citizens get automatically registered to vote. There are not serious allegations of voter fraud or tampering there. Belgium voting is compulsory. If you're 18 plus, you don't need to register since everybody's automatically registered. Brazil, all eligible citizens are automatically registered at age 18. Israel, the point here is very different countries in different parts of the world. Citizens in Israel automatically registered when you turn 18. Peru automatically registered when you turn 18. And then you have countries like Sweden and Denmark not considered countries with significant voter fraud and tampering problems where all citizens and in some cases residents are included in population registers. And then the registers are used to figure out, OK, who of the people that live here are eligible to vote? They are automatically eligible. They just show up and say, hi, I'm here to vote. They check the list. OK, you're a citizen. You can vote. That's it. This is happening all over the world. And Trump is so panicked and scared that if he doesn't win, he might end up in prison for the rest of his life, that he is now simply saying automatic voter voter registration at all is a threat to the integrity of elections. It is stunning stuff. It is pathetic. But it also is barely anything compared to the other things Trump said over the weekend. Let's talk about that next. In yet another completely debased tirade on troth central. Donald Trump demanded that all Democratic senators resign and threatened a number of Internet service providers in the latest fascistic wet dream from this wannabe dictator. Quote, Senate Democrats should all resign based on Senator Bob Menendez. They all knew what was going on and the way he lived. Why doesn't the FBI raid Senate Democrats homes like they illegally raided Mar-a-Lago where nothing was done wrong based on the Presidential Records Act? There's like four lies there. Um, the Mar-a-Lago raid was not illegal. Some say it wasn't really a raid. It was just serving a search warrant. He says nothing was done wrong. The evidence is things were done wrong. He says his actions were governed by the Presidential Records Act. They were not. Trump continues. Menendez is a piker. He doesn't mean Hassan piker, just a piker, a different term. Uh, Menendez is a piker compared to some of those election stealing thugs. Can you imagine how much crooked Biden, crooked Joe Biden has stolen and what's in some of his many homes? The FBI and justice notified him that they would be going in to look in a few weeks. In other words, get rid of the cash golden documents ASAP before we get there. Remember, Trump was also notified through lawyers that if he didn't return the documents, the FBI would show up. Trump continues. They didn't give me any warning. They just showed up. That's a lie. Hunter lived with Crooked Joe in Delaware. It could be a treasure hunt. Crooked's coffers must be loaded with cash 
I wonder how much they got paid for rigging the election. No evidence of that. Menendez is one of many, a small timer at that. Every Democrat should resign from the Senate. Our borders uh, incorrectly uh, apostrophe S our capital be broken. Our elections incorrect capital E and incorrect apostrophe. He means plural. Our capital are rigged. This is really a first grade teacher's nightmare. MAGA. This is crazy. OK, this is a former president. Meanwhile, Barack Obama released a list of 40 books he read this year that he recommends to people. All right. And then Trump continuing and attacking. This is really dystopian attacking media companies saying, quote, they are almost all dishonest and corrupt. But Comcast, with its one sided and vicious coverage by NBC News and in particular MSNBC, often incorrectly referred to as MSDNC, should be investigated for its country threatening treason. Their endless coverage of the now fully debunked scam known as Russia, Russia, Russia and much else is one big campaign contribution to the radical left Democratic Par Democrat Party. I say up front openly and proudly that when I win the presidency of the United States, they and others of the lamestream media will be thoroughly scrutinized for their knowingly dishonest and corrupt coverage of people, things and events. Why should NBC or any other of the corrupt dishonest media companies be entitled to use the very valuable airwaves of the USA free? They are the enemy of the people, et cetera, et cetera. This is a dystopian horror. Donald Trump here in his own deranged language is suggesting that when he wins, he will direct legal scrutiny against media companies. He may try to get them off the airwaves altogether. And it's because they have covered things he doesn't believe are worthy of coverage. This is dark, dark stuff. When we say believe them when they tell us what they're going to do, this is exactly what we're talking about. And if you think this is crazy, we now go to the next element, which is Trump suggesting that a military general should be executed, put to death. And that could land Trump in jail. Let's talk about it next. Donald Trump sort of closed out his weekend tirade on Troth Central by attacking General Mark Milley and doing it in a way that could potentially get Trump jailed awaiting trial based on some of what judges have said in the various criminal trials Trump is involved in. Donald Trump taking to Truth Social and saying, quote, Mark Milley, who led perhaps the most embarrassing moment in American history with his grossly incompetent implementation of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, costing many lives, leaving behind hundreds of American citizens and handing over billions of dollars of the finest military equipment ever made, will be leaving the military next week. Remember, had Trump done that plan, it would have been the exact same thing. Milley would have also been uh, involved, but it was Trump's plan that Biden executed. That's the important thing to remember. Trump continuing, this will be a time for all citizens of the USA to celebrate. This guy turned out to be a woke train wreck who, if the fake news reporting is correct, was actually dealing with China to give them a heads up on the thinking of the president of the United States. This is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. A war between China and the United States could have been the result of this treasonous act to be continued to be continued. Trump suggesting that death would be the right punishment for Mark Milley. I want to remind everybody Trump hit with order banning threats and intimidation. A judge issued a protective order late last week in a lawsuit to bar the former president 
from Colorado's 2024 presidential ballot. Trump is being specifically admonished by judges in different cases he's involved in. Don't threaten people, don't intimidate people. It is conceivable that Mark Milley could be involved in some of, of Trump's upcoming uh, criminal trials. And in fact, the Independent writes the former president's comments could potentially run afoul of his release conditions ahead of his trials related to the special counsel investigations against him in the Mar-a-Lago documents and 2020 election conspiracy cases. He has been warned to avoid avoid publicly attacking court officers and potential witnesses on social media. Indeed, Mark Milley could be a potential fact witness. And in fact, there are individuals who are posting uh, uh, to X and other platforms. Trump might. It seems random. Why is Trump randomly going after Mark Milley? The argument that some are making is that Trump is catching wind that Milley may indeed be testifying against Trump. And so this is part of the witness intimidation and ongoing tampering that Trump tries to do with people who might have the facts against him. Trump believes genuinely that if he can just figure out a way to become president, he can sink the US into a de facto dictatorship where he will be able to save himself. That's Trump's priority right now. I hope it will not happen. His statements reek of desperation. He's scared. He's terrified. He realizes there's a risk. He spends life in prison. I don't think it's a big risk. It it is technically possible. I don't think likely a third of the voters of the United States. Remember, of eligible voters, tons of people don't vote. About a third of the uh, eligible voters of this country want Trump to win and to do these things. And that's as big as or even bigger of a problem around a quarter of the country would be okay with some form of Trumpian dictatorship as long as it enforced their values, including Trump getting himself out of out of trouble. And Ron DeSantis has actually used the phrase we will impose our will, not we will lobby and go through the legal process to uh, get the agenda we want made law through the processes we have. No, it's we will impose our will. When they say it, we should believe it. Remember how close we got in January of 2021 with the riots and the ideas of Pence doing this, that and the other thing. The good news for us who care about the rule of law, law and order, checks and balances and the Constitution. I know they claim to, but it's actually we who do. The good news for us is Trump can't do all of this by himself. He's not going to be able to steal the election. One of these things he might be able to do, but he's not going to be able to steal the election, get himself out of legal scrutiny, take out Comcast, NBC, all the media outlets he doesn't like, get all of the Trump riders out of trouble. He's not going to be able to do all of it without help. Okay, and cooperation. So to the extent that we vote everywhere that we are able to and we remain vigilant, et cetera, we should be able to prevent him from accomplishing all of those things. Can we prevent him from accomplishing any of those things? Remains to be seen, but it reinvigorates our fervor for voting, which I will certainly be talking to you about again. Follow us on social media, interact with the David Pakman Show community, see exclusive content, see when we're taking calls live and stay up to date on other big show announcements. We post daily. Find us on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord and TikTok. 
All right. We have something genuinely positive and exciting happening in the David Pakman show universe. It is not just that the sequel to the kids critical thinking book Think Like a Detective will soon be coming out. It's going to be called Think Like a Scientist. That is true, but that's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is that we have surpassed an incredible milestone, 1.9 million subscribers on our YouTube channel, and we are now in the home stretch to 2 million. You know, one of the great things, but also sometimes sort of scary things about what we're doing is nobody really knows what the ceiling is. And what I mean by that is this entire space in which we operate, the idea of the podcast, YouTube, multi-channel progressive show. Yeah, we know it's been around forever for all sorts of different things, relationship advice, cooking shows, etc. But we have basically come up in this space as the space was being created. And so when I would talk to Cenk Uger from the Young Turks 10 years ago or different people about what's the ceiling? Like, can we get can we get a million subscribers? Is there that demand for what we do? Can we get two million? We know we're never going to be like some of these viral general interest channels with 20, 30, 100 million subscribers. But what is the ceiling? And one really interesting and important milestone as a bunch of shows have gotten to one million and have sort of flattened is can we get to two? Our friends over at the Young Turks have done it. I think they're above five million. To be honest, they are a totally different scale show. I think at one point they had 70 employees or even more. Totally different sort of operation. Our friend Brian Tyler Cohen has gotten there and surpassed the two million mark. And that's it for progressive shows. So what we are really doing here is creating a cohort as we go. And in under 100,000 more YouTube subscribers, we will now be a cohort of three. As you can see right now, we are literally as of this moment that I am recording at one point nine million six hundred twenty seven. The current projection is that we are expected to get to two million seventy five days from today. That would be December 9th. The reality is that's just based on recent trends. We could do it in a week and I'll tell you what I mean by that. When we do successful live streams like a few weeks ago, the Republican debate, we gained 25,000 subscribers in a day. That day we gained 25,000 subscribers with just a few of those streams. We could get there very quickly. But more importantly, here's what I mean. We found out that last month, August, for example, the channel had more than seven million different people watch videos. At least one clip was watched by over seven million different people. So this means that there are more than five million people out there who we don't have to tell them about what we're doing. They know there are over five million people out there who watched our stuff last month but are not subscribed. OK, if you're one of those people with peace, love and total humility, I ask you to subscribe. There's no downside. If you already get our videos recommended in your feed, it's because you're watching them and you'll keep getting them recommended. If you don't want to see our videos in your feed, but you're willing to help us by subscribing, if you continue not watching our videos, they're not going to be recommended. So no matter what, this doesn't hurt you and it's free. So let's do it. YouTube.com slash the David Pakman show joining a very, very small group of progressive left wing YouTube channels, over two million subscribers 
hopefully no more than 75 days, but maybe a lot less. All right. So I'll keep everybody updated, but super exciting. One point nine is here and two million is the next milestone. I hope that everybody who is observing Yom Kippur today, if you're fasting, I hope that it is a um, I don't know what you're supposed to say, really. I never fast, so I'm not sure what uh, I hope it's a good fast or a meaningful fast or something along those lines. Marjorie Taylor Greene, radical, repugnant Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene has stepped in it again when it comes to very rough statements on Jewish. She put out a sort of Yom Kippur greeting that included a menorah. A menorah, of course, has nothing to do, nothing to do with Yom Kippur and um, everything to do with Hanukkah. And she posted, quote, to all those preparing for the solemn day of Yom Kippur, I wish you a meaningful fast and then wish you a blessed Yom Kippur with a picture of a menorah and a shofar labeled officially Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. This is, of course, nonsense, and uh, it has nothing to do with Yom Kippur. She ultimately deleted it. Salon has a report. Marjorie Taylor Greene fumbles her Yom Kippur greeting with image of Hanukkah menorah and a now deleted message to X. We're, we're continuing to call posts on X excretions. Uh, in a now deleted excretion on X, Marjorie Taylor Greene offended the Jewish community once again. You know, for me as a Jewish person, culturally, culturally, culinarily, but not not religiously, when I see this stuff, I'm just reminded of how dumb a lot of these people are. But it is absolutely the case that when we get special greetings from Republicans on holidays, particularly in the last few years, it's really bad. Like, for example, last week for Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, a great day of celebration. And I had, uh, you, you know, uh, apples with honey. What a great thing. Granny Smith is what I recommend. It goes really well with the honey. And we're bringing in the new year. Donald Trump issued this ominous warning that we talked about to all Jews who choose not to support him, which is almost all Jews, because Jews are one of the most liberal voting blocks anti-Republican voting blocks in the United States. But we got this ominous warning that the liberal Jews who don't go with it are uh, up for up for some real bad stuff. And then now Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, wishes a blessed Yom Kippur with a Hanukkah menorah, uh, sort of like if I said I'm going to put up an Easter bunny for Christmas. That's what we do, right? Or something along those lines. I don't know. It's probably even stupider than that to be perfectly frank. So do I see these things as serious, overt anti-Semitism? No. When they talk about a conspiracy among Soros and people like him to control banking and Hollywood and business, that I see as anti-Semitic. Putting up a menorah for Yom Kippur seems more like indifferent to actually making sure that what you're saying makes sense. If I were to put out, for example, a Kwanzaa greeting or maybe something for Diwali or Ramadan, I would make damn sure that I know that what I'm putting out makes sense. And clearly they just didn't care enough to even look at it. So can it be a sort of a negligence or indifference based anti-Semitism? Yeah, probably. They just don't really care. Uh, but is it the sort of overt anti-Semitism that 
has been seen from people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, uh, she's done that. But I wouldn't consider this in that category. Let me know what you think. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. I hope that we have some doctors listening today. I know that the doctors, the, the specialties from medicine most represented in our audience, from what I know, are cardiology, neurology uh, and radiology. OK, so I don't know if these are the right specialties or, or not. I believe this caller has a serious case of MAGA brain worms. All right. I want you to listen to this very closely. Yeah, this is uh, Sean. You know, I just was listening to your uh, pretty crappy show, David Pakman. I can't believe you really think that still in 2024, Biden's your best candidacy. Do you know how asinine you must sound? brother? Well, listen, Biden as the best candidate, unless there are insanely extenuating circumstances, an incumbent president is usually the best candidate to win. Usually could circumstances get so uh, 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 set apart from the historical realities that the incumbent president is not the best person to run. It could happen. I mean, listen, that seemed to happen with Trump in 2020 when he lost. But yeah, I, historically speak, speaking, Biden statistically probably is the best candidate. That dude, he's almost ancient, can't speak. A He's getting money from Ukraine. From OK, so Trump and Biden are about the same age. There's no evidence Biden is getting money from Ukraine family money from China. There is no evidence that Biden is getting money from China. Yeah, sure. Trump and Ivanka, they got ten million dollars for Saudi Arabia. You're right about that. Isn't it two billion to Jared Kushner's fund or something like that? But Biden's doing the same goddamn shit. So if you can sit there in your little radio show and, and actually think that people are going to buy your shit, believe you and think, oh, Biden's our savior, you're so wrong. And you well, on this show, we don't call Biden our savior. We call him the president. I, I, I don't know what I don't know what this caller is talking about. You know what? Somebody like you, who's actually really smart, you can tell you're a smart guy. Thank you. To spew this shit. Is probably a worse sin than you even did, did anything else than being stupid, than being ignorant. Like this right. is ridiculous. You know better, brother. You know better. And stop spreading this crap. This is a very serious case of MAGA brain brain worms. That was 68 seconds. I challenge you. I dare you count the number of lies and untruths there. Now, with regard to my view or opinion about Joe Biden, I've said it so many times. He is not the exciting progressive candidate that I would love to see as president. He happens to be the president and he's done a number of things that I believe are good. And as a result, he probably is the best person to run. Uh, I mean, listen, if Biden steps aside and it's Kamala, I don't think that improves Democratic chances. If Biden steps aside and there's a full primary and someone that I think brings the right energy and tone becomes the nominee like Gavin Newsom. I think Newsom certainly has a shot. Is it better than the shot that incumbent President Biden has to win? I don't know. And what you have to remember is if it is indeed a rematch between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, we start with what was the map last time around? Biden won the popular vote hugely. 
the Electoral College did depend on a smaller number of votes in a few states. So then the question we have to ask ourselves is if we start with the 2020 map, where does Trump take from Biden in order to win? If Trump takes Arizona, it's not enough to win. If Trump takes Georgia, it's not enough by itself to win. So you have to realize for Trump to win, we it's a rematch. We start with the same map and then we say, how will voter turnout be different than last time? Will maybe Democratic voters be less motivated because it's not about preventing Trump anymore? But in a sense, it actually is because Trump would be running again, at least potentially. And then has anything changed in any particular state that would swing a Biden state to Trump? Arizona, to me, seems to have moved further to the left. I would expect Biden to win Arizona by even more than he won it in 2020. Georgia, I don't know, but by itself, it isn't enough. So it's not obvious to me that Biden can't win, as many of these people are saying. Let me know what you think. But please criticize me for things I've said rather than things you just throw at me on the bonus show today. We will talk about the auto worker strike situation. Very interesting. We are also going to talk about Alabama looking to execute a prisoner using asphyxiation through nitrogen gas. What is that all about? And we are going to talk about Rupert Murdoch deciding to step aside from his news corporation empire. Why now? I mean, he is 92 years old. After all, we will discuss that and so much more when producer Pat joins me on the bonus show right now. Sign up at joinpacman.com and get instant access.